Amen. So the uh, little tagline says that we are the church and we exist for the world. Amen. That we as people are the church. God has called heart and soul to be a place of hope, a place where people can belong, and a place where, where, where folks, men and women, can find their purpose in life. And we, this year, 2020, we want to see more and more people in this community, our friends, our family, who are maybe far from God. We want to see everyone find hope, belonging, and purpose. And even more so, I, my prayer for each and every one of you guys is that you will discover what your, your, the hope that is in God, that you will discover what it means to belong to the family of God. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes I, I'd be, growing up, I'd be envious of some families because it's like, oh, those, that family has money. My family does not, bless the Lord, right? And we would envy families. Well, imagine being able to belong to the family of God. What a beautiful thing. And then, then, a, then a, uh, what our purpose is. What is it that God has called us to? It's a powerful question. What is my purpose? A few years ago, um, a pastor named Rick Warren from a, a church called Saddleback came up with another way to ask the question, what is my purpose? And he, and he asked it this way. He said, what on earth am I here for? What is it that I'm here to do? What is the reason for my existence? What is my purpose? And the first feeling that you have there is purpose is the reason for which something is created or for which something exists. That the, the word is purpose. The reason for which something is created or for, uh, for which something exists. That's the purpose of it. And one of the things that I'm learning uh, as I begin this year, some of you have, I've talked to you about uh, my, um, my, my desire to eat a little bit healthier this year, and, and maybe I'm not alone in that. Um, and one of the things that I'm learning is that uh, some plants got created so that we could eat them. Uh, that was one of the purposes of the plants, but I didn't believe that before this year, praise the Lord, amen? I believe that it was only animals that I was supposed to eat. And I'm okay with animals, by the way, but I'm learning, exploring that there are, there's purposes for certain things. You know, there's medicinal purposes for some things that got in God's creation, and we want to know as human beings, what is the purpose what on earth am I here for? And I remember when I was in college, you guys, I went as a freshman in college. I was 17 years old. I went to the state of Oklahoma. Anybody ever been to Oklahoma? Okay, bless the Lord. Thank you, coach. We can talk later. Uh, uh, I can describe it very easily. Cowboy hats and pickup trucks. Bless the Lord. Amen? <laughs> and a lot of country music. You know, every once in a while, I'll hear a country song. It's like, oh, I know that song. How do you know that song? Well, I, used to, I, I spent uh, four years in Oklahoma. So I was 17, I was super shy, I didn't really like to talk to anybody, I really didn't. I, 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 would, I would go to my table and other people would be chit-chatting, I'm not, I was not a chit-chatter, I wanted to be safe in my own environment, that's how I was, and, 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 that's, and I was glad to, to just stay with, I had a couple of friends that actually went with me to college from Rochester, I would talk to them and no one else, because I was so shy, I was so intimidated by other people. And so I remember that year, little by little, someone was trying to encourage me, hey, you should get involved in something this year. You know, you, you have your schooling, but you should get involved in something else. I was, it was the first time I was away from my family. Uh, uh, I remember we drove from Rochester to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, it, it was, uh, I believe it was August. It was super, super hot. And praise the Lord, our minivan, the AC did not work in our minivan. And the only problem was that there weren't, there weren't any big windows in the minivan either. There were like these tiny windows. 
and there were six of us in the pair of us, so we were all like, like sitting next to the window trying to get some air because it was so hot. It was like 20-something hours to get from Rochester to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So there I am, my first year. I'm by myself, some, a few friends, but basically by myself. And, and somebody said, hey, you should try out for, for different things. And so one of the things, as you can, and this is going to come as a shock to you, they said, hey, you like to sing? Try out for the church, for the school choir. I'm like, all right, I'll try out for the choir. And so I tried out for that. And, and later on, I had an opportunity to try it out. Yeah, you love, you know, you go, you're a church goer. Why don't you try to... Uh, uh, do ch be a chaplain. We, we had chaplains in each one of our floors. This was a, a Christian college that I went to. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll try out for that. And I'll just tell you a quick story. The reason why I'm telling you this is because I want you to see that sometimes we try certain things and not everything we try works out. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> not everything we do works. And so I went for choir because I like to sing. And I remember somebody told me, uh, hey, you know, during, during, the, during the, re the rehearsals or the tryouts, if they call your name to stay and to come back after we're all done, that's good. That means they want you to be part of this kind of special group that might travel around the world and the country singing songs. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I tried out my first round, I, I, and I moved on to the second round. And after the second round was done, somebody gets up and, and starts naming. I want these people to stay behind for a little while after everything is done. And my name was called, bless God. I was like, yes, my name is called. That, that means maybe, maybe they think that I can, you know, I can be part of this special group. And, and uh, a few minutes later, that same person came back on the microphone and said, actually, we've had a scheduling issue with the place. So we're not going to have anyone stay after today. We'll do it the next, for the next round of tryouts. And so I had passed that, that round. And so we went to that next one. And, and after that next one, though, do you know what happened? I was like, waiting for my name to be called to stay after. They're reading off the list, but they didn't call my name. Now, I don't know. And actually, I hadn't sang in between times. So nothing had happened. No, nothing had changed. Somehow, someway, I was on a list in the first time. Then I wasn't on the list. And that was a little bit disappointing. I was like, man, I, could, I was still able to be part of the choir, but I was not able to be part of this special group. I was denied. Anybody ever been denied something? Especially when you can taste it. I think I can do it. No, it's not going to be for you. So chaplaincy goes on, and they tell me, here's what you do for chaplaincy. Hey, I love Jesus. I can be a chaplain. And so I started interviewing to be a chaplain, and what that meant was I would be on the floor, and if there's any issues that anybody wanted to talk about in terms of God and those kind of things, uh, we could talk about it. And I remember going through the interview process, and people were asking me and t uh, trying to see if I, if I really loved the Lord and where I was. And I went through one round and two rounds and three. And eventually, they were getting ready to appoint me as a chaplain. And I remember this was a, a different kind of story than the choir story, the choir thing I had no control over. I remember being in my room one day, and I was praying about this chaplaincy thing, and I felt a strong urge inside of me, don't do it. Now, FYI, becoming a chaplain also gave you some financial benefit. They would actually pay for some portion of room and board. So it was a cool thing. So when I, when I heard God say, when I felt like the Lord was saying, don't do it, I was like, no, that, that can't be right. That can't be right because I need, I, need, I need to move on, right? But it was so strong. And, and by the way, sometimes when people say, you know, God spoke to me, that sounds so foreign to so many people. And what I, what I want to tell you is that the longer you get to know God, the longer you get to kind of, know what he sounds like and not audibly but what kind of things come from him 
And, and this, I was so excited about it, and this was so contrarian to me, and I felt it so strongly that I knew this has to be God because I want to do it. Everyone else is encouraging me to do it, but I have this sense in here, don't do it. And so very sheepishly, I called a landline. Anybody know what a landline is? Yeah. <laughs> right, these, these phones that are stuck to a wall, bless the Lord. You can't just run out. And so I called on my landline. I called the, the leaders, and I said, very sheepishly, I said, I, I'm not going, I'm, I'm going to do the chaplaincy. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? Things are going so well. It's like, I, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And I hung up, and I remember I felt so weird because here's something that I, I was sure was right. I, I was sure this was God, or, or, or I thought it was, but then all of a sudden it wasn't, and so I was confused. Anybody ever gone through confusion <laughs> and not knowing kind of what the next deal is? The only thing I knew I was sure I did not want to do while I was in school was do anything that had to do with leadership. Because <laughs> I didn't like to, remember I was a shy kid, I didn't like to talk to people. I didn't like to do any of that stuff. I didn't want to be in front of people, so I did not want to do anything that had to do with leadership. And so um, the choir thing didn't work out exactly the way I wanted. The chaplaincy thing didn't work out. And so here comes the following year. I'm a sophomore now, and I'm in my floor uh, towards the end of the day, and this guy that I really respect, he says to me, hey, um, there's resident advisor tryouts going on downstairs. Why don't you come with me? And so here's the only thing I knew about being a resident advisor. I knew that a resident advisor had to tell people what to do from time to time. And I didn't like to talk to people, much less tell anybody what to do at all. And so I'm like, you know what? Thank you, man, but that's not for me. And he said, no, Louis, I really think you should go. Can I just mention this? Sometimes other people see in us things that we do not see in ourselves. Did you know that? That is just true. And so be open to that. Sometimes God speaks through other friends through other people that are able to see what sometimes we don't see. Amen? So this guy is like, no, Louis, you really should go. And I'm like, man, I don't have a leadership bone in my body. I'm not going to go there. He's like, just come. So I'm like, okay, fine. My buddy, another friend of mine, we went downstairs. And there was like between 60 and 80 guys down there. It was a resident advisor program for the men's, the men's program. And they were only going to choose like 10. What do you think I was thinking? <laughs> hey, you know, this is not music. I'm kind of okay. That This is not chaplaincy. I feel somewhat proficient in that. This is like to be a leader and to stand in front of people. Man, I don't want to do this. But I'm like, they're like, well, there's a even more significant financial benefit if you're able to get it. I'm like, you know what? God, if this is you, I'm going to try it out. But there's 80 guys here. I'm a skinny Puerto Rican 18-year-old at the time. There's no way. And I don't like to talk to people. There's no way they're going to choose me. And so you can imagine where this is going, right? So after I go through the process, I get a letter saying, you have been one of the ones selected for this program. And I was like, what? I, 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 I'm selected. Okay, what do I need to do now? And so a few weeks later, we had our first gathering. And the rest, as they say, in hi is history. And let me just tell you, that program was a program that taught me about how to be a leader, how to uh, lead by example, how to go from not just being a, having a position, I'm a resident advisor, to having a relationship with people and leading out a relationship. And I had to from time to time. So I know this, sound, this is going to sound insane. My school was a Christian college. I already mentioned that. At the time, 
men had to wear ties to class. Okay? Everywhere in the, in, the, in, the, in the class area, they had to wear ties. And so if there was some guy without a tie on, guess what RAs got to, got to do? The privilege that they got to do. They had to go and say, excuse me, sir, Gilo, uh, I'm sorry. You know, hey, your outfit looks awesome, but could, do you mind just, I need you to wear a tie when you're in here. And most of the time, people, how many, how many love getting, uh, uh, getting instruction or receiving instruction from someone else saying, hey, don't do that, you should do this. How many love that? How many love that? I don't like it. Maybe you don't like it too, right? And so most of these guys, when I would approach them, they wouldn't be like, oh, thank you. That's great. I will. I will do that. It was always a confrontation. There were times, I will, I'm, I'm, true confessions, we were at Division I school, which meant we played some Division I sports, and the basketball team uh, sometimes would do whatever they wanted. And so can you imagine, like, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and here comes Lewis. Hey, guys, good game the other night. Could you, uh, do you have a tie? <laughs> but here's what it did. It little by little taught me and it built the muscle inside of me of being responsible, having, carrying a burden. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, choir or chaplaincy, but God had other plans. Uh, isn't it good to know that even though we are not sure of exactly how things are going to work out, God has a plan for you. Amen? I just look at the person next to you and just tell them, God has a plan for you. Keep trying. Keep working. You never know what's going to happen. God has a plan for you. And so uh, I spent all four years, uh, or the rest of the two years, I should say, in, in school, learning about this thing called leadership. We never know what God is going to do for us and through us. We have to stay open, but that openness doesn't mean sitting down and waiting. Notice I was trying at this, I was trying at that, and somehow in the midst of that, I found what it was that God was calling me to do. Are you with me? Um, usually, our calling and our purpose does not just jump out at us and smack us in the head. Sometimes we try this. No, that's not good. We try that. I tried all kinds of different jobs. My first job growing up was uh, vacuuming floors for a building. Pretty soon I said, Lord, thank you for this job. Thank you for the money. I know this is not the purpose that you called me to have, right? I remember I, I did several different jobs, and maybe you have too. But little by little, God starts showing you what you're good at. Staying humble, staying submitted to him in the process, God will show you the next steps to take. Your purpose, the reason you are here to come to will come to fruition if you continue to surrender that to God. And we're talking about that in the context of we are the church. It is not a building, but it is a people. And we want to fulfill the purpose of God for the church. Can I get an amen? I mean, I don't want this church to end without us fulfilling the purpose that God has called us to in this community, reaching the people that God has called us. But in order for the church to fulfill its purpose, the individuals in the church, you and me, the brothers and sisters, have to know what God's purpose is for us so that we can walk in the purposes of God, so that the church can walk in its purpose, and we can invite other people to come and experience hope, belonging, and purpose. Can I get an amen? That's the desire. Have you ever wondered what your purpose is? What on earth am I here for? So here at Heart and Soul, we've talked about hope. We talk about belonging. We talk about purpose. Finding the reason why we are alive. We all have longings. 
There's, we all go through different uh, stages of life, and we long for certain things inside of us. But here's the problem. The enemy puts something called counterfeit gods in front of us. Pastor, what are you talking about with counterfeit gods? Counterfeit money is money that seems what? It seems real, but actually it's what? It's a fake. It, 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 it appears like it's going to give you value, but actually it's a fake. And in your life and mine, the greatest villain that you and I have is that the enemy will bring this thing and he'll say, if you do this, that will give you happiness. That will give you what you've been looking for. But then you reach out for that and you realize it was a counterfeit. Because you got it and you're still empty inside. That's true for all areas. Money, family, pleasure, all those areas. Counterfeit. It seems real. It seems like it will make all the difference, but it's a fake. It cannot deliver in the end. And this actually goes back all the way to Adam and Eve. You know the story of Adam and Eve. God, is, his presence is with them. He gives them anything they could ever want. This is the first man and woman. Anything they could ever want. And, and he tells them, you can eat anything you want. The only thing I don't want you to do is touch that tree. Because that tree will allow you to cross a boundary that is actually not good for you. And they were like, okay, fine. But then the serpent comes. And I just want to tell you, here's... The bad news, the serpent will always come to your life and mine. It will always come and it will always whisper, oh, did God really say that? Is he really expecting you to live like that? Is he holding out on you? And you, imagine the devil telling them he's holding out on you when God has said the entire planet is yours. The only thing you can't touch is a tree. But Satan will have you focus on what you don't have instead of what you do have. It's amazing. I've counseled, talked to men and women. I, if, only, if only I can find a wife, if only I can find a husband, and, and they finally find the husband, and, and soon afterwards they're thinking, maybe I married the wrong one. Why? Because the serpent is always saying, oh, you got this, that's great, but you sh there's something else out there. Counterfeit counterfeit gods god help us to stand against counterfeit there's a famous quote from a man named pascal that goes like this there is a god-shaped vacuum or emptiness in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by god the creator made known through jesus christ inside of all of us there's a, a hole a vacuum and the only one that can fill it is god he is the true god he is not counterfeit amen once you have a relationship with him, he starts filling what nothing else and no one else could fill. There once was a church that helped people find their purpose. Men and women would come into the church and they would leave transformed. Some would become carriers of the message. Some prayed for people and they would be healed. Some people were doctors and they, they wrote detailed accounts of Jesus and his church. Some were in the business community. They were tent makers. But their lives are transformed because they found their purpose in the church. Say purpose. Their purpose within the body of Christ. The church is the people. And here's what the scripture says. That you have this in your notes. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship. This is the very first church that ever existed. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, I want to hit pause. Imagine heart and soul becoming this kind of church of what we're going to read right now. Imagine if we could become this kind of church. Here's what it says. Everyone was filled with awe 
at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Could you imagine being that kind of church? Amen. What if God has called us to be a, a version, a mirror image of the early church here in the, in the hood? Amen. Here in the inner city of Rochester. The church reflected the teachings of the Lord of the church. And the Lord of the church, his name is who? His name is Jesus. Amen. The Lord of the church is Jesus. Jesus is the head and the church is his body. And so Jesus while he was alive, said, this is the most important thing that I want you to remember. And so we're going to quickly dive into some of these. I'm not going to finish everything today. We're going to finish off next week uh, with this, with this uh, talk. But we're talking about how the church can become a place where people can find their purpose. And if the church is going to fulfill its purpose, we have to go back to the Lord of the church to know exactly what the purpose of the church is. Are you with me? Amen? So here's what Jesus said. When, when asked, what is the most important commandment? And here's what Jesus says. You have that in your notes there. He, t he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> so Jesus cheats here. Jesus, what's the, what's the most important thing? He says the most important thing is two things. <laughs> love God and love people. And right before Jesus leaves this planet, he gives some final instructions before he goes to heaven, and he says this to the disciples, and therefore to us, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey what? Everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the two things that Jesus said, most important, I want you to, to get this. Love the Lord your God. Excuse me. It's only one. I usually do like three or four at a time. So thank you very much for that, by the way. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Say love God, love God. and love neighbor. But then right before... Jesus leaves this planet. He says, go and make disciples. Say, make disciples. Baptizing them. Say, baptize. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them. Say, teaching. To obey everything I have commanded you. So here are the, the purposes of the church. And, 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 and these are um, beautiful. And they match perfectly with what the early church was doing. We are called to love God. Amen? Say, love God. That's why we worship God. That's why we sing songs to him. And I pray that you would find a relationship with the Lord in such a way that you would fall in love with him. Because there's nothing like loving God. Before we can be forgiven, before the blessings come, before other things are straightened out, the first thing that we have to do is love God. And we have to honor him. It's an interesting thing in the sermon, in the, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, you've heard the Our Father, right? Here's how it begins. Our Father, who art in heaven hallowed be your name. It's the first thing. 
right away. I'm honoring you. I'm loving you. I'm praising you. And let me just say this. Is it possible that some of the things in your life are not going according to the priorities that they should because you have put loving God somewhere else and maybe put other things on top of that and until you get loving God first, when you get that right, then everything else starts to fall into place. Amen? Amen. And so the purpose of the church, which is also the purpose for your life and mine, first is to love God. And so the question is, how? <laughs> how do we do that? How do we love God? How, how, do, we, how do we approach the Lord? So, so the feeling there that you have, it, it says this, hope comes from connecting with God at church and at home. Hope comes from connecting with God at church and at home. In other words, we are called to not just come to church to love on God, but we also are called to do it at home. So how do we do it at home? And, and, and I'll go back to the first part, the first verse of the, of the passage that we have here, the way at the top. It says, they devoted themselves to the what? To the apostles' teaching. To the apostles' teaching. Here's the apostles taught what Jesus taught them. The apostles taught the church what Jesus taught them. Jesus taught the word, the apostles taught the word, and they devoted themselves to that teaching. They wanted to learn what was happening. And so in learning the word, in learning the apostles' teaching, they were learning the word of God. So how can I love God better? I'm going to encourage you. One of the ways that you can love God is through falling in love with the word of God. Is through falling in love with the words of God. It is a beautiful and powerful thing. The words of God. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Consistently they did this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. How? By being connected to God. By being devoted to his word. And so I know for many people the Bible is kind of like a, a big deal. Like, oh my goodness, I don't know where to start. And I, I respect that. But here's a couple of recommendations. Begin with the Gospel of John if you want to start somewhere reading the Bible. And just remember, wherever you start, hope is found in, con in a connection with the living God. And you can connect with God through his word. Begin a Bible reading pro program on your, on your cell phone. Begin the process of getting to know the word of God. This church, in the early church, was devoted to the word they wanted to do that later on in that passage it says that they met together in the temple courts and they praised god together so it's it's learning the word say the word and it's worshiping say worship it's the word and worship and so one of the cool things about coming to church on sunday morning is that we worship god and we dive into the word once every seven days at least and my encouragement to you is to never miss that. Why? Because in church with other people, you get the word, say the word, and worship. And there's something that happens when we worship God. I'll finish with this. And again, I'll, I'll finish the rest of this, this talk next week. Um, one, at the beginning of the year, I felt like the Lord put it in my heart. I want you to set aside time every day to worship me. And God's been speaking that to me for a long time now. But specifically, I felt really strongly, I want you to set aside time to just spend time in worship, worshiping God. And I originally put, I'm going to do that for, I'm going to try to do that for 20 minutes every day. I'm going to try to spend 20 minutes where I put on the song or while I'm driving to work or that I'm just focused on God. I'm just worshiping him. And when I say worship, I just mean saying, God, there's no one like you. I need you. I love you. 
But I changed the 20 minutes because I felt this. You know, I can go 20 minutes. I can go through the motions in 20 minutes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, I can play a song for 20 minutes. Okay, God, I worship you today. So I changed it, and I said, not for 20 minutes. I put down it, but I'm going to worship God at home. Listen to this. Until I connect with God. And here's the beauty of that. I can't fake connecting with God. <laughs> Are you with me? I cannot fake that. You say, Pastor, what do you mean when you say connecting with God? What I mean is, is, is that I have a sense in my heart that I've gotten over myself and, I, and I, I'm listening and I'm, I'm asking God for help and I'm, I'm reminded that God is God and I am not. One of the ways I connect with God is when I know, I, I just know for sure, God is God and I am not. You say, Pastor, we all know that. Yes, we know that, but I, I don't know that in here. And until I know it in here, it's not true for me. And so I connect with God that way through perspective. Here's another way I know I've connected with God. This is going to sound incredible to you. But sometimes I forget to thank God. God, thank you. Sometimes I go into prayer or in my conversations with God. God, this needs to happen. Or God, what's going on here? And what's going on there? And here's what happens. When I open my heart to worship and I start remembering who God is and who I am, Little by little, my concerns are not as big because God gets bigger and I start in my heart genuinely to say, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. It's hard for me to be resentful and thankful. It's hard for me to be sinful and thankful. It's hard for me to hold unforgiveness and be thankful. Are you with me? So here's my encouragement to you. One of the goals, one of the dreams of heart and soul is that we will be a place where we can find your purpose. And one of the purposes for you and for this church is that we will love the Lord our God. And the way that we love our God is through his word. Say his word. And through worship. You say, Pastor, but I'm not like you. I don't do that. That's okay. There are people who need to be out in nature to worship God. Now, I don't know how they do it in the winter cold. Maybe they feel connected with God in the winter cold. God bless them. That's not me. I'm a music guy. I'm a worship guy. But whatever you need to do to connect with God, my encouragement is to do it. To do it. Listen, we need each other as we sang before. We need each other to survive. We pray for each other. Amen. And my prayer for you and you pray for me that we will fall in love with God's word and that we will fall in love with him and we worship him so that we will love the Lord with all of our heart and our priorities will start to change. And if that happens in you, and two of you and ten of you, then the church will be loving the Lord our God, and then we can start making a difference and an impact in this community who needs to know that there is a God in heaven who can do all things and who needs to know the message of thanksgiving. Father, we give you thanks for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for meeting us where we are. I pray for each and every one of us that you would give us the courage to run to your word and to run towards honoring you with our lives uh, some here feel uh, some condemnation they feel like well pastor you don't know what I've done you don't know what I've gone through you don't know what I've said you don't know what's going on in my life and as we're praying I just want to tell you I don't know what's going on in your life but God knows what's going on in your life he sees you and listen 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 he loves you he is a father that loves he is not angry he wants to come into your life. He wants to forgive. He wants to extend his mercy and his love towards you. Would you receive that love today? It's available to you.
Would you receive that love of God today? He's not angry with you. He's cried for you. He's cried with you. But he loves you. He knows exactly what you're going through. So, Father, I thank you that each and every one of us will open up our hearts to you and allow your love to come in. Help us as a church to be that place where people can find their purpose and help all of us to begin that journey by loving you well, connecting with you through your word and through worship. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Praise God.